Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness, your word. It's just so good. Lord, how much you love us. I just can't believe it. It's just amazing. So, Lord, this morning, I just want to pray that as we think about you, that our hearts would just be revived and refreshed. Lord God, that we would just be filled with an awe of who you are and, and just know that you love us. Just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just got a, a little message here from a young lady, Georgia, and um, she's up from Melbourne. I think she leaves back there tomorrow to Melbourne, today to Melbourne. So George is up the front. He's just asked to say hello to you guys. It's her first time here, and um, yeah, she's just wanting to say hello to everyone, okay? So George is uh, deaf, and it'd be really lovely if you could just say hello to her afterwards. She'd like that, so... If anyone here would like to just say hello as we're having a cup of tea, that would be really good. So thank you and welcome along today. <laughs> yeah. Just as we've been looking at up in and out, our relationship with God, relationship with each other, excuse me, this is my bottomental, and the relationship with the world, it just struck me that if we don't understand who God is to us, then our up relationship can be really skewed. Okay, so this morning, Father's Day, I just wanted to really talk a little bit about that. As God the Father, you know, that, that we are his children. It's pretty amazing. So if we think about the Old Testament, most of the time it was like, um, this is God, the God of your father Abraham the God of your father David, the God of your father so-and-so, okay? There's some sort of relationship of God being the father, but not really. There's more like God, the Lord, the, the creator of all. So that sort of father, as in he gave life to everything. There's reference to him being the father of Israel, the nation, and the father of the king. But there wasn't that real sense that we could have a relationship with God that was a father-child relationship. Okay. Now, how does this affect our up in and out? Well, I think it affects it really greatly. Because if what our understanding of God as a father is will actually change how we present him to the world as well. So we've got this number one is God is my father. He loves me and he loves to give me good gifts. That's something I've been really pondering on lately. Um, I'll just read you Matthew 6, 30-something. <laughs> 31 to 34. Now, you, you, you'll know this sort of passage, most of you, but Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, this is in there, and it's just such a beautiful part of the Bible. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I've been really thinking about that in terms of, do I actually trust God will look after me? If I don't, what is it that makes me not trust him? Really, when it boils down to this, what this verse, these verses start to talk about is 
your heavenly Father already knows that you need all these things. It's just been impressing on me time and time again. This is a verse that's just been going around in my thoughts for probably weeks now and hoping for months to start to understand that God's heart is to actually give me stuff. And I don't mean that in the sense of that, you know, how we get that ultra prosperity sort of thing. He just gives me, gives me, gives me because that's actually not a loving father. I'll just give a little um, illustration of that shortly. But we've got a God who knows what we need. but he's also willing to give it to us. There's another verse that talks about that in, in respect to that, that, you know, ask for what you need because God loves to give good gifts to his children. Now, if I have a funny view of God as a father, then I'm not going to understand that He is actually for me and loves me. So we know that God is a father in the sense that he's the beginning of everything. Um, we know that, The world was created by him. We know that people belong to him. The world belongs to him. But Jesus came with such a radical message that transformed that he started to talk of God in terms of a father. A father who could actually love and interact with his children in a way that that they didn't really think was possible and maybe not even right. They didn't even dare utter the name of God. But God's now, through Jesus Christ, broken something that was there separating us from him. It's all done through Jesus. Everything is done through him. It's our relationship with him and in him that enables us to get into this presence because Jesus is the Son of God. We see that when he was baptized that that God said, "'This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased.'" Jesus said, I came to do the will of my Father on earth. This relationship was so strong that it, that it actually translated not only from I belong to him, but the things that my Father desires and wills, that's exact things that I desire and will. We are so close, we're like this. And in fact, that's what God is calling us to as children. In our up relationship, he's saying, I want you to understand what a true Father is. Because it affects how we can live in that up relationship with God. If I don't believe that God loves me and is for me, how do I approach him with joy? How do I approach him with confidence? How do I approach him knowing that, that, that he actually wants to hear me? He wants to take me in and share with me the things that he planned at the beginning of the world when he made Adam and Eve. That daily walk in the garden with him. Now, there's only one way that we can enter into this intimate relationship with God. And it's not through the natural birth. We know that. It's through our new birth as Christians. This is what makes us his sons and daughters. As we believe in Jesus Christ, as we read already, we are given the right to become his sons and daughters. Very important. We are given the right to become his sons and daughters. That's a huge thing. Because what it's saying is, because we could easily say, well, he's the father of everyone. Yes, he is. Of course he is. But we know that you can have a son or a daughter 
but someone else could bring them up and love them and change their nappies and, and pay their bills and take them to school and you never see them. And you are, yes, the father in terms of natural birth, half of that kid's mine. But in terms of actual love and care, if we looked at two people, one who actually fathered the child and one who was the father, what's the difference? A real father is there for you when you need them to be there. They're the ones who will get up in the middle of the night when the baby's teething or nudge mum, one or the other. (laughs) And be there for that child. The one that will be there when they're hurt and broken and fallen down to lift them up again. The one who's there to discipline them and straighten them out when they're going down the wrong path. And this is what God has said, you are adopted into my family because he's now our father. The father takes care of us and the father loves us. And that verse, a verse in Galatians says this, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's Galatians 3 verse 26. And that birth, that birth into his family gives us rights as children. And it also says that we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but we are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. That's Ephesians 2.19. From that farness, there is a closeness that comes. You see, we were outside of God before we were saved, before we were born again. We're outside of God, so we didn't have the ability to have the right up relationship with him. Because we were foreigners, we we were estranged from him. But the new birth has given us access into his life as his children. And, And it struck me when I was watching a football game the other day that you see someone who's playing, I think it was their 200th game, But on the field come with him, his kids. He's holding one and the other one's standing by him, holding his hand. And they're running out at the start of the game to run through the banner. What gave those kids the right to access the MCG? It was their relationship that they had with the father. Because anyone else, they would be fined. $10,000 for a ground invasion or whatever it is. But along with the relationship comes an access into things that we would never have by ourselves. The Bible says that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ and we have access to the Father. And this is what the Bible says in James 1.17. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So as God the Father, he gives us benefits that we could have no other way. There's another verse that talks about every spiritual blessing is yours through Jesus Christ. Does that shatter your image of God in any way? 
Because if we don't get this right, if we don't understand who God is in our up relationship as a father, as we present the father as sons and daughters in our in relationship, we're not going to understand that we are bound together by him. And as we share God with the world, we're going to share a very false idea of who he is. Who is God the father to you? Imagine a girlfriend, a, a girl, sorry, who's got a boyfriend and she's bringing him home to meet her father. So I'll give you three scenarios. Jill's father. This father is a man who is overbearing, um, controlling, a strict disciplinarian, someone who punishes for any slightest little misgiving, someone who's angry all the time, someone who, who just needs to be in control and have the kid under their foot. Who's Jill going to bring home, bring her boyfriend home to? What sort of father? Mary. Her father's really the opposite. Anything goes. Darling, do what you want. Whatever you want, I'm going to indulge you and I'm just going to give you everything you want. You're going to be so spoiled. There's no rules, no boundaries. I'm not going, to, not going to say there's any boundaries at all. Who's Mary bringing her boyfriend home to? And Cheryl, her father is kind and loving He's a father who doesn't give her everything she wants because he knows that sometimes she wants things that are bad for her. And so he has a standard that is met. Yet at the same time, he's forgiving and faithful. And, and, and when she's really sorry about something, he forgives her. He doesn't hold back his love and affection. He doesn't manipulate or control her by, by what he does or withdrawing things from her to, to make her do things as in affection and love, who's Cheryl bringing her boyfriend home to? I want to ask you the same question today. If you are going to tell someone who God is and how he's your father, what sort of father are you bringing them to? Because if you really think God is just judgmental and horrible and punishing you all the time, is that the sort of father that you think someone would like? Is that the sort of father you see in your mind as being the perfect dad? Of being the one who represents a heart of love? Or this God that just allows anything to happen, yeah, whatever goes, it doesn't matter. Do what you want. You can be overindulged. It doesn't matter. You still get everything you need and and want and it really, you know, you can live your own life and be selfish. No rules, no boundaries. Or is it this other father that loves you unconditionally despite your faults, yet he wants to perfect you and turn you into a person of integrity, righteousness and holiness? You feel so secure. 
You, you know that you're secure in the hands of the Father. And Jesus said this about his disciples, my Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. This is the Father. He is not going to let you go no matter what. His hand is so gripping you in terms of I just don't want to lose you. He's holding you and he gives you security. And he also gives you an inheritance as a believer. Romans 8, 17. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Listen to this very carefully. Who gets your inheritance? Most likely no one at the moment. Like everything I see on TV, it's like spend all your money so your kids can't have it. Bad idea, parents. Bad, bad, bad. God wants you to pass an inheritance to your children's children. It's almost as if the selfishness of the children is becoming the selfishness of the parents. If we're children, then we're heirs. You get that. Because you're not outside of God, you've received Jesus Christ, you become a son and a daughter. That makes you an heir. You get that, right? So if you die, your kids get your stuff. If they die, their kids get their stuff, and on and on it goes. There's an inheritance that's passed on. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, don't like that bit, in order that we may also share in his glory. We're sharing in Christ's sufferings on earth sometimes, aren't we, as children? People don't like Christians. I found that, well, not everyone doesn't like them. But when I was on my year 10 trip, there's a couple of occasions where you could just see that it was like we are anti-Christian. One of them was when the bus driver hooted a horn at someone and who was causing trouble and, and then because you got the radio there on the radio, oh, that's not very Christian. It's, it's like some people are just ready to attack you straight away because you believe in Jesus Christ. We do share in that. So we do share in that, but we also get the good things of God, the life, the, 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 the gifts, the, you know, he says, ask. Ask that you might receive, that your joy might be full. God wants you to have joy. God wants you to have the things that you desire that are in him. Now we understand, don't we, that that when we pray, that we're so in relationship with God that we're not asking out of selfish motives and things like that. As James said, the reason you don't get is because it's for your own selfishness. It's not about that. This is about understanding the heart of God towards you. So God as our Father, he's made a lot of provision for us as believers. He's given us access to himself through Jesus Christ so we can go to him. He's provided us eternal inheritance as his children. We're going to be heirs to everything that is God's. That's a children's 
special thing. And he keeps us secure on earth. So if we put our faith in him, we can know that he is a father who loves us and cares for us. And he will sustain us. He will take care of us through everything. So this morning, when you're thinking about your up relationship with God, ask yourself this question, how do I see God as a father? Who am I going to bring my boyfriend home to? My girlfriend home to? Because God is just amazing. The Bible says he's good and he's always been good and he always will be good. And not only that, he's a father who loves his children. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. He already knows them. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything, everything that you need. No exception there. Seek him. Seek the Father's heart. Because out of that relationship, that up relationship of knowing him as your father, the abundance of supply will come from this God who only gives good and perfect gifts to us.